Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tea and Tehillim. It's truly an honor to be sharing with you tonight. I invite all of you to have your Tehillim open and, of course, your favorite midnight snack. Tonight we're going to be learning Tarek Vav. So Tarek Vav is different from the other Prakim in that it's not about us calling out to Hashem for help or praising Hashem, but instead here, we're being offered important directions on what? We're being offered important directions on how to treat other people. The Medrash tells us that these principles are not just expectations of how we should treat others, but they're also descriptions of how Hashem treats us. And the more we treat other people in this way, the more Hashem will treat us this way. Therefore, even though following these guidelines in this parak ensures greatness for us in the next world, they also enable us to experience great lives in this world and a special connection with Hashem. So let's look inside. Parak Tesvav, Pasuk Aleph. Mizmar David Hashem, Mia Gorba Alecha, Mi Yishkon Bahar Kachacha. A song of David, Hashem, who may live in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy mountain? So who is Zocheh? To live with you, Hashem. Radak says, Oh, halacha here is referring to the heavens because the heavens are spread out like a tent. So this would mean that this is talking about the next world, that a person who wants to have a good place in Olam Haba needs to be following the guidelines of this tarak. Others say that this is referring to the Beis HaMikdash, that if we want to merit to enter into the temple of Hashem, then we have to treat others nicely. And another idea here is that just like David HaMelech says in Tarek Chavzai and Shifti Beveis Hashem Kal Yimei Chayai, he says he wants to live with, his, with Hashem his whole life. So what does that mean? It means not that he's going to sit in, in, in Hashem's temple his whole life, he's going to sit in Hashem's presence his whole life. It means that wherever he goes, that's where Hashem is going to be. He's going to have Hashem with him. Shivisi Hashem Sam is like he's going to feel the Shekhinah of Hashem everywhere. So it's the same thing here. Who's going to be Zochah to live with Hashem wherever they go? The person who follows the principles of this parak. So this parak is really going to describe the character traits and the, the Mahalach HaChayim of this Tzadik who is Zochah to live, quote-unquote, in Hashem's tent on his holy mountain. Who is this person? And we're going to see all of his character traits and everything, the way he treats people and what he does. Pasach Bez. Holech Tamim. Okay, so this is the first thing about him. He walks in perfect innocence. This is referring to the fact that this tzaddik doesn't find the need to engage in complicated schemes or twisted lies to assure his success in life in any area, in business or in any area of life. He doesn't need to hurt or swindle others because he knows that Hashem is taking care of him and giving him what he needs. That's Holy Tzaddik. Next, Ufoel Tzaddik. He does what is right. So not only does this man live with Hashem, who lives with Hashem not hurt and swindle people, but he proactively goes out of his way to seek out ways to help people. And we see this, especially now we can see so many people, so many organizations, so many individuals who are going out of their way, even when their own life is much more complicated than usual, they're going out of their own way and actively looking to help people. So we can all really take a lesson from this. And when we have that free moment, we could decide that once a day, instead of turning to my phone or instead of doing something to, you know, 
quickly running to do something to distract me, I'm going to ask myself. I can make that decision. Instead of doing that, let me ask myself, who could use my help? How could I be the poet tzedek? How can I actually do an action that would be helpful for the world? So can I make a phone call to somebody who could use it? Can I visit somebody who needs a visitor, even if it's not close up? Can I, is there someone who I can give it to Dukka to? Is there someone that just came back from the hospital and I could drop off cookies at their door or a bouquet of flowers? Or is there someone who needs a shidduch? Maybe I could spend a few minutes thinking if I know someone for them. The Dover M.S. Belvavo. And speaks the truth from his heart. This is the next part. So we said he walks in perfect innocence. He does what's right. He goes out of his way to find the right things to do. And he speaks the truth from his heart. So it says, interesting, that he speaks the truth from his heart. You don't really speak. Your, your heart doesn't speak. Your mouth speaks. So what's this coming to tell us that he speaks from his heart? Because if we want to be honest, people, our mouths and our actions have to line up with our deepest thoughts feelings, and intentions. Our truth comes from our heart. So that, this is telling you the way to be an honest person is to speak what you're feeling inside and not to be echad v'peh one thing in your heart and one thing in your mouth. So an example would be uh, there's, an, there's, a, there's um, a Rav Safra who was a very, um, who was, he was famous for his honesty. He was known to be a very honest person. He was uh, sage of old, and it goes without, and basically what happened, the story is that Rav Safra had a business, and somebody came into his house to buy something, and he happened to have been davening Shema. So when the person made him an offer for a price, he didn't answer him. So the person then, when, when Rav Safra was finished davening, the person said, okay, you didn't answer the first price that I gave you. Let me, I guess, let me hire it. Maybe you'll let me buy this for a higher price. And Rav Safra very famously said, I already intended when you gave me that first price, even though I couldn't answer you because I was davening, in my head I had agreed with it. Because I agreed with it inside my mind, and that was my intention, I'm going to give it to you for that price. He could have easily made more money on it, but he was a Dover MS Belovo. So another way of understanding Dover MS Belovo is really, we could, we could take it to mean that a person has to speak the truth in their heart. They have to live with the ultimate truth in, our, in their heart of Hashem being our one and only omnipotent God and not tell themselves stories and be in denial and confuse things. Pasuk Gemma. Lo Rabal al-Lashono, who has no slander on his tongue. So this man never says Lashon Hara. We're going to talk for a minute here about Lashon Hara. It's a very um, important topic. The man never utters a bad word about anyone, which is especially praiseworthy here, if you think about it, because the passage that we just read said that this man is Dover Emes. How many times is there something truthful about somebody that's negative? And, we, and, and you would think that this man would say it because he's a Dover Emes, but he's able to balance his traits in such a way that he, he, he balances them, that they, they seem contradictory almost that he, he wants to speak the honest truth about someone, but at the same time, if that truth is going to be slanderous and damaging to the other person, then he's not going to allow his zeal for the truth to harm the other person, and he's going to keep quiet. The Archus Tzadikim has a shar on Lashon Hara. I have a whole chapter about Lashon Hara, and he says, he compares Lashon Hara 
to something that's not so appealing. Maybe, maybe if we hear this, we'll, 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 we maybe we'll be less tempted next time we want to speak Lashon Hara. And he says, The person who speaks Lashon Hara, he's always looking for the mum. He's looking for the negative thing about a person, and he's talking about them. He's talking about the negative part. The hudomel is vuvin, and he's compared to a fly. People like this are compared to flies. That they're forever putting themselves where the dirt is. The fly is always going to, to, the, to the punch that was spilled on the table four hours ago. If a person has a boil on their body, a, a damage on their body, or a cut or whatever, the fly is going to go there. He's going to leave the healthy part of the body and go to where it's not healthy. And this is the person who speaks Lashon Hara. His problem, this is showing you his root problem. His root problem is that he's always looking for the bad to begin with. So it's not, the problem doesn't start when he opens up his mouth. The problem starts on his attitude. And another example of this that the Archul Tzadikim gives is that a man was walking with a sage in a field. And they saw a dead animal. And the man said, what an awful smell this animal gives forth. And the sage looked at him and he said, how white are its teeth? And he's rebuking the, he rebukes, the, he then goes on to rebuke the man. He said, why are you mentioning the defects of the animal? Mention its positive features. We always have to speak positively of things. And this really teaches us a very important lesson. In order to be able to find the good in other people and to speak good of other people, we have to find the good in everything. In anything and everything, we have to accustom ourselves to see the good. And this is really the root cure of Lashon Hara. The idea of Machsom Lufi and taking an hour of not speaking Lashon Hara between 12 and 1 in the afternoon, it's very nice. And of course, everything like that has merit. At the same time, I view it as a band-aid. If you're seeing somebody negatively and you're used to doing that, then even if you don't speak Lashon Hara from 12 to 1, so you'll say it at, from 3 to 4. You'll find an, it'll find another time to leak out of you. We want to change ourselves from within, from that very deep place within, and not just on a surface level. Lo asal who has not, we're moving on, in the Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel, in Pasuk Gimel, who has done his friend no evil. So this man did no evil to anyone. Re'ehu means his friends, his neighbors. This man is, someone, and, and the, the ra'ah here is referring to any bad. He doesn't do, it includes here all the things that a man is not allowed to do to another man. So think about some of those mean things that people have done to you or that you have done to someone else or that you see people doing to each other, holding grudges. We see people leaving other people out, not giving them the benefit of the doubt, taking revenge, cooking up negative stories or rumors about them. The Kherpa lo nasa al krovo, nor cast disgrace upon his intimate. So not only is he, um, is he nice to his reim, to the people who are around him, but even the people who are even closer, his closer intimate friends and his intimate family members, those are the people that sometimes it's even harder, very often it's harder to be nice to them because we know they're going to love us anyways. And he's extra, he, not only is he, making sure to be nice to them also, but the Talmud tells us he's makarev es krovav. He goes out of his way to bring his close ones even closer. So that's a very beautiful thing. Pasuk Dalid, nimas, nimas, in whose eyes the despicable is repulsive. So the righteous man, even though he has so much to be proud of in his life, he's not proud of his accomplishments. 
Why? Because he's always looking towards where he still needs to be going, what he still needs to be doing. That's his attitude. What else do I need to work on? How else can I improve? He's never feeling satisfied. He's, he's looking to grow and strive more and more. So we should also try to live in that constant state, not feel satisfied. Okay, I'm good the way I am. No, I'm here. I'm here to work on refining and developing myself in every way I can. The SUA Hashem Yechabed, but those who fear Hashem, he honors. So while this tzaddik is actually looking at himself as, you know, not measuring up to where he needs to be and seeing himself as having so much farther to grow, he looks at other people who are God-fearing as, as if they can do no wrong. And he, he looks at them in only, the, in only the best ways. And this is how you know that this tzaddik really has true self-esteem, true humility. He has true humility. Why? Because somebody who doesn't have self-esteem they, and, they, they're not, and they're feeling very low about themselves, and that's not true humility, that's fake humility, they can't look at people that are better than them and be happy for them or be proud of them or see any good in them because they're projecting all the negative feelings about themselves onto others. But this person, a tzaddik, who has true humility that comes from a healthy self-esteem, he can look at the people greater than, that are great, and he can say that person is so righteous, he's totally righteous. At the same time, he could see himself as being a work in progress. So we should all really stop, you know, we, we tend to look at others and critique others, and I think it's time for all of us to flip around the camera to selfie mode, turn it around. Every time we find ourselves looking and judging and complaining about other people, let's, let's turn it around, even with, especially with children and spouses. It's always the most effective. Instead of giving a mustard schmooze for the hundredth time that nobody ever listens to, the most effective way to be mechanech or to have an effect in a, in a relationship, a positive impact on a relationship, is to make yourself into the role model. Make your, be the person who you want the people around you to be. And you'll see that others will end up shifting for the better around you. So, for example... Um, just a specific example, my personal opinion, um, it could be wrong, I don't know, I'm sure there are better ideas on this, but my personal opinion on teaching children to daven, and really don't take, I'm not sure, I'm not telling you to take a lesson from me, I'm just sharing you what I, what I do, um, is not to, not to hound them at all. To be, to praise your children for the things that they do that, that, that show that they're on the correct path and that they're becoming the from yid that you want them to be. So to praise them for all the little things that are, that they're, that are pushing them, that they're doing in that direction. And at the same time, to take out a sitter and dive in yourself and show them what it means to enjoy Yiddishkeit, to enjoy tefillah. So as Yireh Hashem Yechabed, learn to stop looking at others and turn to yourself and say, look at everything that I could still accomplish and how could I be a positive impact on my family instead of how could everybody else change to accommodate me. One who does not retract though he has sworn to his hurt. So the tzaddik stays away from earthly pleasures. He fasts. Tzaddikim are known not to indulge themselves in the materialistic pleasures of this world. So they make themselves nidarim, like a nishpa, nishpa lahara. They swear that they're going to do something to themselves that's going to take away from the pleasures of this world. I, somehow, I try to do this with cake and chocolate for myself, 
and I swear to myself, but it doesn't really pan out too well. So I guess I definitely have my work cut out for me here in this parak. So let's go back to the tzaddik. Although he doesn't indulge in earthly pleasures, he's always looking, and we're going to see in the next pasuk and pasuk hey, he's always looking to do kindness for others. So we see a lot of traits that seem to be contradictory, but somehow he knows how to balance them out in the most perfect, beautiful ways. Pasuk hey. Who does not lend his money at interest, nor takes a bribe, a bribe against the innocent. So the idea of this, that he's not lending money with interest, the idea is that a yid should always be doing chesed out of the goodness of his heart. The shem shamayim, with no expectations of being compensated for. And Archot Sadikim in Shar Nidivas, the gate of generosity, his chapter on generosity, he says, at the very beginning of the chapter, Nothing in the world brings a person to be loved by the world like the trait of generosity. The nobles and the, all the higher-ups in society and all the gedolim and all those people are going to be looking to him with so much love for this beautiful trait. So the thing is, in order to not expect anything back from the kindness that we do, we have to know the way the world works. And the world works as follows. It says in Mishle, We should honor Hashem with our wealth, with our money. We should put our money into mitzvot. We should put our money into tzedakah. And when we do that, the Mepharshim say we're going to end up, not that we're going to have less money at the end of the day, we're going to have much more. We're going to, get, we're going to be rewarded with much more money. And the reason that people don't give, and this really addresses the reason why people don't give, because we have a scarcity mindset in life. And not just about money, about everything. That's for another class. But let's just focus on money here for a minute because we're speaking about being generous with others. People think that there are not enough resources in the world to go around. We look at it through a very, you know, a very narrow, small-minded type of way. But in reality, money works the same way that a mother's milk works. How does a mother's milk work? The more the baby drinks the milk, the more milk is provided. So it's the same thing. The more we give tzedakah and spend on good things, spend on things that are for the right reasons, the more money that we're going to get. So it's really hard to believe this because it kind of goes against teva. Like it goes against the nature that we're so used to. And just to give an example, when I had my first, baby, of course, the lactation consultants told me, listen, the way it works with the milk is that the more the baby drinks, the more, the, the more milk you're going to have. But I, I'm sure some of you could relate to this, being the first, you know, this being my first baby, I didn't believe it. And I, when I started running low on milk, I said, let me just skip a feeding and then I'll have more milk for the next feeding. Of course, I realized really quickly that the lactation consultants were right and that's not the way it works. And I was careful to go along with my new knowledge of, of how it works. But this is really also the same thing goes with money. The more, and the more we adopt this mindset of abundance and we understand that the more we give to Dhaka, the more we're going to get, the easier it is to give money without any expectations of making interest on it or getting anything in return. Okay, continuing in the Pasuk, Osa Ela Lo Yimot Lam. Okay, this is the end of the Pasuk. Whoever does these shall forever not falter. So Rashi says that someone who tries to do these things, if he's going in this direction of following the principles in this parak, even if he has a, a, 
a spiritual decline here and there, he's not going to have a complete spiritual collapse. He'll be able to pick himself back up and keep growing. It doesn't, and it doesn't say Koela, someone who does all these things. It says Osaela, somebody who's trying, who, who's trying to take on these ideas will, will be going in the right direction. So we read here about some very righteous traits that pertain to the way we treat others. We spoke about being honest. We spoke about our hearts and our mouths being aligned, um, speaking kindly of others, being humble, seeing how much more we have to grow while at the same time looking positively upon others and giving with no strings attached. So how can we strengthen our incorporation of these principles into our life so that we can dwell with Hashem in, quote, unquote, his holy tent wherever we go? So there were so many different things that I could have brought here, but I decided that I wanted to take something that would address everything. I wanted to have us work on something that would really affect all of these principles in this parak and affect the way we approach all of them. So if you think about it, like we said before, with the Lashon Hara, the way we treat others on the outside is very dependent on how we're viewing them on the inside. Somebody could be really a, a mean person in real life, but when they're around somebody that they're trying to impress because they see that person as being chashev and important or whatever, then they're going to treat them nicely, even though they're really not a nice person, but they, the, the way they're viewing this person makes them treat them nicely. So it's all about how we view people on the inside. And sometimes we have someone in our life that for some reason they rub us the wrong way. We don't like them. I don't know, whatever the reason is, maybe they did something wrong to you, and it's really not a fun way to live because we're really meant to live with the dictum of the ahas delareach ha just like it says in this past week's parsha. So when we don't live with the ahas delareach ha it creates a lot of unpleasantness in our life at the very best. So what can we do about this? Okay. So I have two suggestions to offer. Um, here we go. Number one. Okay. The first suggestion about how we could start seeing other people in a better way so that we could treat them in a better way, is we have to really ask ourselves, what, who is a person? What is a person? A per- is a person their outer personality, their outer looks? No. A person is, the essence of a person is their neshama. Their neshama is who they are. Their neshama tahora that has no blemish, that is a chilek elokamimal. It's like a piece of Hashem from above. So we can choose not to define people by their outer, and instead we can choose to really see their essence, their spiritual essence, to see their soul. So how do you do this? How do you actually, those of you who know me at this point know I'm pretty practical, so you're probably wondering where I'm going with this. So how do we do this? So what you need to do is you need to close your eyes for a minute and ask yourself, what represents an neshama to me? What does an neshama look like to me? How would I want to envision it? Would it be, look like a fire, a glowing light, a flickering candle? Create an image for yourself that represents an neshama. And every time you see this person that you don't like, or every time you think of them even, you replace the image of them with that new symbol that you created in your mind. You could even, by the way, you don't even have to see an image. You could even just say words. So I did this once. And it worked. It, it sounds. It's a simple method that works wonders. I did this even just by thinking the words chelak elokamimal. When I saw somebody, I just that I, you know, that was rubbing me the wrong way for whatever reason. I said those words to myself that this is a holy soul, and it worked beautifully. 
It really neutralizes your negative feelings, and you may even come to have compassion and love for the person instead of anger and resentment because you see that whatever they're doing on the outside, that's not really who they are. It's just a result of them living through whatever life circumstances and the result of them just being an imperfect human being, just like you are. An example of a good example where you could use this if you're having a difficulty with a child, for example, or a grandchild, you're having a difficulty seeing them. You know, we all have children that are easier to love than others, and sometimes you have to put more work into it. So that child that's giving you the, that that tough time, every time they come over to you, see them as see them as that chelak al kamimal. See them as that glowing light, as that neshama. And you'll, your whole, the whole way that you treat them will be completely different, and that's going to affect the way you bring them up. It's going to affect everything. So that was step one, okay? So again, step one, ask yourself, idea one, sorry, idea one that I brought today, ask yourself, who do I have negative feeling towards, and what image or words can I use to help me see them as their spiritual essence, okay? That was idea number one. Idea number two Idea number two is realize that the manifestation of the imperfection in other people in our life is really showing up to show us an imperfection in ourselves. So again, we're going to flip this into selfie mode over here. Hashem sends us people and experiences in our life to guide us towards what we need to be focusing on in ourselves. So if somebody mistreats you or bothers you for whatever reason, ask yourself, what needs fixing in me so that I'm not so negatively affected by this person, by whatever they're doing to me? Use their behavior, their negative behavior, as an opportunity for you to see where you need to strengthen yourself so that you can handle it with ease. So, for example, if a mother-in-law is making in this never happens. If a mother-in-law, by mistake, makes an insensitive comment and the daughter-in-law is feeling, you know, resentful, I would tell her, let go of focusing on your mother-in-law and look inward. Shift from what's wrong with her to how can I strengthen my opinion of myself to the point that her words don't bother me at all. If, if, you, if you're feeling so strong inside, nobody can take you down. So enough, somebody was complaining to me about their kids not respecting them during this time, the kids are home the whole day, and she's like, yeah, the kids, they just don't respect me. And I see she, she treats herself like a shmata, and then she wants other people to respect her. So I said to her, stop thinking my kids are terrors who don't listen. Instead, think to yourself, how could I ask yourself, how can I show myself respect so that I can elicit respect from other people? Okay. And Taka, she really, she started focusing on her parenting skills and very slowly, her, she, she focused on her parenting skills. She focused on the self-care that she was giving to herself and building herself up, and she's slowly starting to see results from that. Okay, so once we understand this concept, we realize that blaming other people is a pointless waste of time. Hashem is sending us the exact people that we need to teach us what we need to know about ourselves. And once we get this message and we accomplish and we grow, this person will not affect us anymore. They'll fall out of our reality. The whole situation will dissolve. With this knowledge, we can actually turn our resentment and anger into love and appreciation for the other person. Thank you. We can say thank you for helping me get to where I need to be going in my life. 
Okay, so this is idea number two. Just to recap idea number two, you want to ask yourself, I, I didn't say it clearly, so I'm going to say it now. The idea number two, the way you actually do it is, number one, you ask, what opportunity is this person offering me? Okay, so when you so now that we know what I just, all that I just explained to you, you're going to see someone doing something, causing negative feelings in you. Ask yourself, what opportunity are they giving me here? What, flip the camera around. How can I fix something in myself so that I can handle what they're doing to me with ease? And number two, you, you can actually, if you want, if you, want you, know, you don't have to do anything, it's just an idea, you can actually say to yourself, thank you so-and-so for helping me achieve my shlemas, my spiritual perfection, for helping me get closer to where I need to be. Wow, that's, that's a real shift in the way we're viewing them. And by default, it's just everything, the way we treat them and the way we feel about the situation is going to completely shift. Okay, so just to review the, the two things that the two ideas that we gave tonight, the first thing is who do I have negative feelings towards, and what image or words can I use to help me see them as their spiritual essence, as their neshama? And the second idea we said is ask two questions to yourself: What opportunity is this person offering me? How can I change through this? And number two. Thank you, so-and-so, for helping me achieve my spiritual perfection. Every time you think of them, think the words thank you. Okay, good luck, everyone, practicing these, and let me know how it goes. Feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear how these are going. I would love to be there for you to guide you on your journey. May practicing these ideas bring us to a place where we're going to have an easy time treating others with kindness and respect, and may the beautiful relationships we cultivate with others fill our lives with peace and love and, of course, Hashem's holy presence. Thank you and have a great night.